0: Uh, great to have your company if you're just joining us or if you've been with us for the whole way through the Macca's Run. We do it all thanks to the MyMackers Rewards, which has arrived. Earn rewards with every Macca's Run. You can order via the MyMackers app and start earning today. This is the Macca's Run. Your say on the news of the day on the Harcourts open line. Your move, your Harcourts, one 736 736 Well, yesterday from sun up to well past sundown, the number one item uh, with a bullet of just about every person that rang up the station to talk wanted to talk about some level of frustration or confusion or perplexion uh, with the way that the, um, the, the game was being umpired at the moment. David King pleaded for the AFL to give us our game back. Uh, Mark Robinson spoke on uh, Footy Classifier, uh, sorry, on, <laughs> on uh, Footy, uh, for AFL 360 last night, um, saying that uh, the AFL was trying to go woke. Um, And you spent a large part of yesterday and a fair bit of today just airing your frustrations as well. So we weren't able to get Dan Richardson to come on. Um, The AFL knocked that one on the head pretty quickly to try and answer some of your concerns and your queries. So I'm really grateful that a man who sits in the top 10 all-time of games officiated between his VFL, AFL and Waffle, he's umpired well over 400 games Very generous with his time is Dean Margetts and he's been good enough to jump on the line to give us his perspective. Dean, hello and thank you for being on the show this evening. Uh, Good evening, Sam, and um, thanks for uh, giving me a call. So, as I mentioned then, we're experiencing a record level of dissatisfaction with, with our listeners saying they can't watch or won't watch footy anymore because what they say is over-umpiring or inconsistent umpiring, too much variation on interpretations of rules, especially in relation to 50-metre penalties with the stand rule, encroachment, protected zone, descent, holding the ball in the back. Mm. What do you say uh, to to those people who are saying that it's never been as bad as it is now, in your view, Dean? Yeah, well, there's a fair bit
1: to unpack there, Sam. I think what we need to sort of cover off up the front is um, the AFL umpiring group is clearly going through a bit of a transition phase with the depth of our umpires. Um, Obviously, I retired last season. Mm. Um, a couple of young umpires replacing two of us older guys. But we've got seven to eight pretty serious long-term injuries on the list at the moment. So, of course, when you're... Um, and some of those are like Matthew Nichols and Jeff Galagos. They're grand final umpires. So when you're replacing those with probably the lower... Um, uh, or less experienced umpires to come through, you're going to get a bit of an up-and-down performance at times. Mm. So we need to keep that in perspective. It's a bit like saying to West Coast and North Melbourne, now, why are on the bottom? Well, they've been challenged with COVID injuries and some deaths. So the umpiring group is sometimes no different and we like to think of ourselves as the 20th team or the 19th team yep. um, as far as the way we work, the way we prepare, um, how, how seriously we take the game. So we certainly understand the frustration at times. Um, as far as the descent rule goes, Sam, look, I, I think, and I, I'll, I'll said this quite openly um, in a lot of the media stuff that I've done this season, is I reckon we've just gone a little bit too far the other way now. where we want respect from players and stakeholders but now we've probably created this situation where we're getting less respect because of what we've sort of brought into the game now that's not necessarily the umpire's fault that's come from a higher higher place clearly but i think at times when we're saying one thing yet it's a all in every arm's out it's a free kick versus well now it's up to the umpire my interpretation of a hands out i've never been offended by that in 20 years so a younger umpire might have a different feel, so that's where we get different imbalance, and, unfortunately, some an inconsistency in the delivering of that free kit.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. You don't uh, yell at the police for the rules that they are uh, made to enforce. You, you go above their heads. Mm. Um, what's the happy medium, then, for you when it comes to how to officiate dissent? Because I'm being told firsthand by mates of mine that have kids that it is actually already flowing hmm. down. The kids that they're, they're, they're going to their games, the kids are even saying it out on the field, keep your arms down, don't show dissent. Yep. And they're, they're, they're actually laughing and, and, and that's, they've embraced <laughs> that because they're seeing that the players have embraced it by and large. So what's the happy medium for you, Dean?
1: Uh, I think just that feel for the game and and having foot in that context at the moment. I used the Jordan to go example last Friday night, two Friday nights ago, when he went to say something, he went to put his arms out, but he sort of curtailed his behaviour. I don't think we should be penalising that. We should be acknowledging that that player's trying to change his behaviour. The Chad Warner one last Friday night when he ran too far, was... Is that arms out really demonstrative? Is it really offensive? And my message to the Waffle Umpire group over here, Sam, was quite simple. The law book is already written at 18.4. If mm. there's demonstrative behavior, abusive language, you can pay a free kick. I'm just not quite sure where the arms out has come from. And I remember last season when I was on the AFL list, we never discussed it as a group. So it was never a, a, a conversation piece. So when it came out, I'm not convinced um, that's gonna be the reason why we're maybe 6,000 umpires short through an arms out thing. And I, I just don't think that's the right way to go about it. But certainly the abuse, the demonstrative, the pointing, the mouth guard throwing, that stuff, absolutely. But the rule book's been there to support that for, for many, many a year.
0: Yeah, this is not a new rule. It's just a rule we haven't actually enforced. But the whole idea of arms out, I think the umpire who said that may have just misspoken slightly and we've hung everything on that hook, and which I think is, mm. is unfair. But um, so... When it comes to... We're going to jump around to a few different things and and we're going to try and cover off on some of the things that people have been ringing to to discuss and I really appreciate you being here to to do it. From what you're being told, how are the umpires feeling about the dissent rule itself and how do you feel that they would like to handle it? Yeah, not, well, not one for me to sort of answer, Sam. Um, so, I mean, honestly, I haven't had a lot of contact with the actual sure. umpires,
1: not being a part of the group anymore, or the WhatsApp groups or the conversation. I'm, 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 I wouldn't be speaking on behalf of them. I certainly can only speak on behalf of myself. And I and the experienced umpires in my group, of, and you know who they are, I, I think they would have a better feel and understanding mm. what dissent is or what frustration or abuse is than maybe a first-year umpire. Now, I guess since, um, Brad Scott's giving this clear message. A younger umpire might have a different threshold than what I would have. Yeah. And as I said to you before, never in 20 years have I felt offended by a player's arms out at me. You know, I, I haven't felt that. And it's never been a discussion. Um, but I absolutely understand what the AFL are trying to do. I mean, as you say, it organically flows through to junior thinking. Mean, that's a great thing. And I've found that in the waffle. There was no crackdown for us, but we've certainly seen some of the behaviours sort of alter, which is a massive kick. But I certainly think elite level football. Um, it's such an emotional game, and it's a powerfully charged game with these guys. These combat athletes are going at it at 100 mile an hour. To then pay a free kick for something like that, um, I'm not quite sure that's where it needs to be.
0: So one of the other criticisms is that the belief that the umpires, under instruction, are too quick to try and penalise physicality, push and shove, it's like what we saw mm. down in Tassie, players being penalised for you know yep. pushing someone over or or a push to the yep. chest the dangerous tackle-free kicks that have come into the game that we don't believe are dangerous. Now, Mark Robinson said last night, footy's trying to be woke and officiating that doesn't. Uh, we don't want to see anyone hurt anyone, despite the game itself being physical. So have the umpires, to, yeah. to your eye and to your belief, been directed to sanitise the game, as Robbo's suggesting, or that others are suggesting, the AFL is doing?
1: No, I wouldn't think that for a minute, no. I mean, let's go through that first part. So the the, the little strike that like Lockie... you knocking Neil Gave for Newcombe, was it, for memory? That's yeah, and I think fish. Tom Mitchell... And the, and, yeah. And, yeah, so the law book clearly states um, any clench fish strike, irrespective of force, and it can be the softest tap if it's clenched, that is a free kick. So that's not the umpire's fault. That's the way the law is written, and that's okay. um, something the AFL wanted to, to, to rule out. So we can't be critical of umpires for paying that. The little push to that player on the boundary line, in my view, that's just a simple mistake. The umpire's made an error and maybe at times it would be better for the AFL to come out and say, "Look, we've got that one wrong. And I reckon people would go, you know what? They've put their hand up, they made a mistake, and we move on. If we can sort of humanise the role a bit, and sometimes it's just, you know, when we haven't made a blue, put a hand up, I reckon everyone would appreciate us and respect us, and i use that word again, would respect our group a far lot more than what we may be able to ask, for arms in or arms out. Um, as far as dangerous tackles goes, look, that's... Um, a real delicate one, but it's certainly with head and concussion and player welfare at the forefront. If we're going to make a mistake, I've got no issue with umpires making a mistake for protecting a player's head and their wellbeing, not just in that game, but for their long term welfare as well. Um, like I say, if your arms are pinned, there's an excessive rotation, that head gets knocked, then that's a dangerous tackle. And can I say to them, for every dangerous tackle we have, we have 150 good ones. And sometimes we forget that in our you know, really combative mm.
0: sport that we are in AFL. So there was a couple of Tarrant Thomas tackles that were penalised and then the Dylan Grimes one in the Dreamtime game. Mm. You were comfortable with those, Dean?
1: Uh, I, I didn't see them all, but from what I understand, there might have been potentially one out there, but the other two, I think, are free kicks under the criteria and the cues that the umpires are coached and directed on.
0: What What are those criteria, Dean? For Dana's tackle? Yes. Um, head in a vulnerable position,
1: if your arms are pinned, if there's an excessive rotation, um, excessive force, all those little things, and like I say, but um, I like to call these fans the ooh-ah factor. When people go, oh, that's generally a dangerous tackle. Uh, and like I say, when we see them, they do jump out. But at the same token, we've got to understand that, you know, umpire's going to be in the right position to pay the free kick. And, and the coaching message would always be to us, Pay what you see, not what you think you see. Yep. Um, don't guess. Um, and sometimes we are going to miss. And sometimes you might um, get them wrong by paying an unwarranted free kick. But as I say, I don't think people can be critical of umpires making a mistake when it's coming to
0: the protection of the head and the player's welfare. You, you raised a great point before that I want to explore a little bit. Andy Marr brought this up uh, during the run home with Andy Ngazi and that Jeff Geishin, if I'm not mistaken, used to front up all the time and it was really yeah. effective in knocking a lot of the um, confusion or frustration on the head straight away because he'd either yeah. say, no, no, that one's right or, yeah, that one was wrong, and, and it would dissipate. the ang- the the, yep. the angst and the tension would would dissipate, maybe sometimes begrudgingly, but at least there was an explanation. Ray Chamberlain is is a fascinating figure, as you well know, Dean. And mm-hmm. people had yeah. a view of him, and I think he has changed so many people's view of who he is and what he's all about from the fortnightly segments he does with Jared Whateley off his own yeah. steam. The amount yep. of texts that come through are going, I used to bloody hate that bloke, and now I think he's... <laughs> so. And he comes on and he answers everybody's questions and he explains yeah. things and... It's, as I said, I asked, I've asked two nights in a row for Dan Richardson to come on and be told no. How, yeah. m- how helpful would it be to your former brethren if this did yep. actually occur, that there was an explanation and an openness about this?
1: Yeah, Look, well, I, I can't speak for Dan or the AFL, but certainly Ray's um, um, podcasts and Waitley shows have been great, and I find I do a fair bit of the same sort of stuff over here in Perth. And, I've always found that you know, if after a game, um, even in the heat of battle, if we maybe fronted up and just clarified, maybe a contentious decision with a bit of direction and clarity from the coach, make sure we get on the same page, I think that'd be a great decision. One of the frustrations for me, Sam, is when I watch Friday Night Footy and I hear the commentators talking about, oh, there's a clear hand in the back there. What do they mean by that? That rule was taken out of the book about five years ago. There's no such thing as a hand in the back. Mm. So even our media commentators are saying things which aren't right, uh, and we need to correct that. So I'd love to see some umpiring people on some broadcasts and explain to um, a lot of people out in the footy world that don't know the laws or don't know what the interpretations are. So we could probably defuse some of this frustration and it would knock it on the head right there and then. So that's something that we can probably look at maybe going forward. Because I know, I think 20-odd years ago, I might have been John Russell who to do it on Channel 7 way back when. And I think it had some merit. And with the game, the way it is now, with so many rules, so many interpretations and so, so much new stuff that people aren't across. How good would it be for a Chamberlain or a Brett Rose or a Matt Savick or whoever to just add that education piece Then people go, oh, you know what? I had no idea that's what the rule was. It's sensational.
0: I love both of those ideas. Press conference straight after just like the coaches do and you do get to knock those things on the head really quickly and correct some maybe uh, false uh, or incorrect ways of yeah. um, commentating on certain situations. The other one that you talk about, the NFL do it. And so do the NBA. And, it's, and I often find it quite entertaining that the commentators will go, yeah. well, this is clearly a penalty. That's clearly a penalty. Let's go to our man in New York. And he says, no, no, you're both wrong. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> it's a great part of the broadcast. So I think you've come yeah. up with a couple of rippers yeah. there. I, um, and, and I think, I think also, Sam, just with window, I think it's really important that, um, that people hear it from the
1: umpires who get coached on it week to week, who have been in it for, I mean, myself, I've been in it for 20 years. And mm. our top, you know, 10 or 12 experienced guys have been doing it for, you know, Two, three, four hundred games. There's a lot of education, a lot of knowledge that can be spread far and wide um, by doing things just like that.
0: So, what well, uh, the game that everyone's pointing to um, is the Tassie game, Hawthorne and Brisbane. Sixty-three free kicks. It's about twenty more than mm. the normal this season, which is already up six on average um, from last year. Is this an outlier game? Is this just a? This is. I, I'm a big advocate for umpires, Dean. I don't. I'm not sure if you're aware, yeah. but. I have I said that this is the first time I walked away from a game this year saying, overall, I think this was poorly officiated. When normally I can say, well, that yep. might not have been right. or But by and large, yep. I think we do overreact in this space. Is yep. this an outlier game for you? Or is it um, a little bit uh, emblematic of possibly a growing problem in terms of standards?
1: No, I think it might have been just an outlier. I mean, I guess... Records are there to be broken, and I know the umpires aren't <laughs> going there trying to break records by any stretch. And but certainly sixty is a lot of free kicks. But what, what we're forgetting is that game had I think the score—correct me if I'm wrong—was 117 points to 112, 229 yeah. total points. Don't we want more scoring, more more, more goals, more more excitement? So we've mm. sort of lost all that. Now I'm not saying the free kicks um, enabled that to happen, but. That was one of the highest-scoring games of the round, but we're sort of focusing on some free kicks, which...
0: I think Hawthorne did kick nine goals from free kicks, Chris Fagan pointed out. You go. Know, OK. Yeah.
1: But, if, but if they're warranted free kicks, um, let's say they're warranted. That's the right thing. And free kick counts are a bit of an anomaly with most people. I think there's this misnomer, sound that the free kick count has to be 18 all at the end of the game. Sometimes the free kick count might be 42 to 10. But if you went and reviewed that game, and which I've been involved in games like that in my career, we've gone back and reviewed them, and sometimes we haven't played the team who got 42 enough or we've missed a few for them. So um, this sort of misnone about eating up free kicks or squaring up or making it 20 to 18, that's just a nonsense. I'm always instructed to pay all warranted free kicks. If it's 74 to 10, that's just the way it goes. There'll be some mistakes in there. Absolutely, there will be. But certainly um, there's no... There's no sort of mandate to make sure that the free kick counts are, are even. Um, and like I said, I haven't reviewed that game, so I don't know. I've seen a couple of um, kicks, um, and they look like they're mistakes to me. And there might have been 10 errors in that game for all I know. But the reality is there might have been 40 odds which were correct as well.
0: So the the, the review that um, – and again, it wasn't – I don't know if it was with, with a former umpire, but the review that Jerry Whateley did on 360 said that there were 28 definites, in his view – and there were 13 absolutely nots, and the rest, he said, you can quibble, and that's what this sport is. It is a quibbling sport. Yep. So he says that there was 13 definitely nots, 28 definitelys, and the rest you, you can toss a coin on. Um, yep. Do you feel that at the moment there's a, a desire to be black and white with the officiating? that maybe the feel for the game has maybe left it ever so slightly? And I say that knowing that two of the umpires that were down in Tassie were former players. So... I um, mm. But is there a need to be, well, if it's, you know, to the letter of the law, it's there, rather than, yeah, but in the feel of the game, it, it's not there. Are we losing a bit of the feel?
1: Uh, possibly. But like I said, I can't. I mean, all the all the umpires, all 34, yeah. you know, AFL umpires are sitting in the same room, getting the same types of message, the same direction. So there's, there should be no doubt on what that is. Um, what I will say is when you've got an umpire who's done nine grand finals and 400 games versus a bloke who's done 13 games, you're going to get a a bit of inconsistency in performance. That's just Mm. the nature of the game. That's why people always say, how come you guys cannot umpire normal games, week-to-week games like the grand final? And my response is always this. You've got the best three umpires in the country umpiring the best two teams. You're going to get a pretty damn good product. And sometimes we lose sight in that, you know? North Melbourne are going through a bit of a transition time. West Coast are going through that. And maybe the bottom end of our list with the AFL umpires are going through something similar. So there needs to be a bit of acceptance and understanding that we've had it really good for a fair while. We've got the great like Brett Roseberry, and Matt Smith, and Matt Nichols, and all the uh, Chamberlain, and Simon Meredith, and Chris yep. Donlan. all guys of my era have come through and done over round of games, all like members. Um, at some point, like me, they're going to tip off the cliff. So we need to put games into these other umpires to give them experience. And I think we need to be open, and we're no different to clubs. Um, sometimes we need to keep that balance intact.
0: So, Dean, do you guys have every bit of infrastructure you need to be as successful um, and to do as good a job as you possibly can. Carolyn Wilson wrote a story that they were only getting to, able to train one night a week, didn't have access to gym. Um, you haven't had a yeah. home, a proper home for such a long time. Do the umpires yeah. have everything they need and what more could the AFL do to make sure they do? Yeah, look,
1: possibly they could have you know, a, a better setup from a home base point of view, but it obviously is kind of a bit a facility of what we require in probably Melbourne, with you know limited ground space and, and that sort of stuff. But we've been through some pretty challenging times with COVID, and we've had to train away from things. But our guys are a very professional group. Uh, they weren't damn hard at their craft, mm. and as far as the coaching message, you know, goes, I can only speak for my experience. They're always very clear, and um, there's never any doubt. And I, if I've got an issue, I'll, I'll make the phone call to my coach and say, "Hey, coach, what's this?" And we have a conversation, and we move on. So. This, um, this sort of notion about umpires being full-time, they've got to be full-time. Pay them 300 grand, make them full-time. That's not going to make umpires pay any better decisions, I don't think, Sam. Why, why not? Uh, NRL yeah, rest, I, I would disagree yeah.
0: respectfully, but why don't yeah. you think uh, it would work? And how could it work if I, it was to work?
1: Well, I'll, I'll just shoot back to the NRL. A lot of those guys, all their guys are, are full-time. I watch the NRL quite a bit, and I see just as many howlers for those guys um, than we have for guys who are part-time. I don't think it makes you better. I could prepare myself, Sam, or you could prepare yourself. You're training. There's only so much training you can do. There's only so much vision you can do. What fills in your day? What's your, what's your, what's your go-to? Match mat simulation
0: at, at trainings during the week with the clubs? That happens.
1: Yep. That happens, Sam. That happens. We have over 500 club visits every pre-season. Uh, I know from over in Perth, I'm based in the West Coast, would have a training once a week. So you're getting constant match simulation. But you know what? They're athletes. They're not training every day. They've got to have a bit of downtime as well. And if you're injured... What are you doing? Where do you go? Or if Mm. your career finishes when you're 32, what are you going to do? I was lucky. I got to go till I was 47. Um, But you've got to keep that in perspective. I don't think it makes you a better decision-maker. I think just the way the game's played, I could prepare as well as I could. I could do all my training, be injury-free. But just sometimes the way the game's played, or if I zigged and I should have zagged, or um, I couldn't feed through a pack and I missed three or four free kicks, are you going to say, well, but you get paid 300 again, you're full-time. Is that fair? I'm not so sure it is. So I'm very I'm very strong on, I don't think it makes us necessarily better umpires for being full-time.
0: Dean, I feel we've only just scratched the surface. I can't thank you enough for jumping on. We'll have to do it again. Um, I've really enjoyed the chat, and I think we're getting a great response from from your perspective. I appreciate your time.
1: My pleasure, Sam. Like I say, I'm a card carrying member of the Green Team, and um, but I'll certainly put my hand up when we make it right as well.
0: Beautifully done. Dean Margett's over 400 games umpiring. Uh, have your say on that. one 736 736 Back after this. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales, authorisation number TP-01005.